This podcast is supported by listeners like you. We're grateful for your tax-deductible donation at newthoughtphilly.org or the link in the episode description. A practical prayer is a prayer that works. These discussions between Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence dive into the details of how it works and how to work it. Reverend Bill is a New Thought minister and the author of Practical Prayer for Real Results. Your new life begins with a new thought. Carol Lawrence is on a spiritual quest, finding the New Thought teaching after decades on the pulpit in three different traditional denominations. I've got some questions. Together, they're exploring the philosophy and activities that come together from many of the world's religions to create the practical spirituality that is New Thought. Welcome to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol, here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni. Yes, we're going to have a conversation again about oneness. Yes. Now, you said again, but again is not, you know, that goes on forever. Well, we've been talking about the same thing thing for 80-something episodes. We're coming at it from a lot of different angles, but... That's what you say, but for the one who picks the subjects, I think I'm picking different stuff, and then you say, well, it's all one subject. <laughs> Thanks. You were you were doing you were doing an, an excellent job of picking subjects. That's actually one of the things that I was struggling with before you partnered with me on the podcast is how to divvy this all up and be able to keep it going. And everybody else who I had considered bringing into this either didn't know anything about new thought or was steeped in it, and it was impossible to have a curious conversation. Hmm. Because people okay. don't know anything about it. I say something, they go, oh, okay. And then they stop talking. You know, journalists, you get to know another questions. And, you know, people who are in it, they're all just like agreeing with me. So there's not the questioning, the scrutiny, the investigative nature that you bring to it. Yeah, that's me. Yep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's what brought me to this subject today. Oneness. Now, we Oneness. have talked about this. And I mean, it's not one of those subjects that you got to figure out how to get information on it. You can put it in YouTube and a whole bunch of stuff comes up. But what I was doing this morning during my reading time was reading prayers from mystics, mystic prayers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've been, I don't want to say struggling because I don't like that word. It's not struggling. I've been curiously, continuously, curiously approaching this matter of prayer. And, you know, starting from the point of practical prayer and just, you know, trying to make it all fit or see how it works. Anyway, that's a long way of saying I just picked this book this morning and said, let me just continue to read this cover to cover, like maybe 20 different mystics and their prayers. And they were all different, even though they were labeled mystics, their prayers were all different. And I could see the difference and feel the difference easily because, you know, we've been doing this a while. And Mm -hmm. before this, you were, you know, a little bit more my teacher in classes and, you know, whatever. So I'm real sensitive to the differences in prayer. So I was listening to that. And what I have come to believe, I start with models of God. So for me, you have to figure out where God is. You got to locate God before you can have faith 
in God mm -hmm. and how God is going to work. So I know where what I have chosen and where I think God is in my experience. But when I read these prayers, some of them, although they said oneness or unity, it still was a God over there and I'm over here. Mm -hmm. And what I felt particularly, I want to say offended, but that's probably not the right word, upset and heard about is the prayers, even from some mystics, had the underlying begging. Mm -hmm. And first I had to get over the shop. So I'm reading this over and over again. Then I copied it from my ebook and I put it in Word and I said, that's a prayer that says out there, you know, mm -hmm. and, and I'm, I can't. And then I started feeling sorry for people who have that perspective. But maybe it works for them. But anyway, I just had a crazy morning, which was supposed to be really smooth. <laughs> <laughs> Who plans to have a really tumultuous, difficult, challenging morning? I mean, I guess sometimes I know there's going to be one coming, but. Well, you know, in, in your quiet time, whenever you have meditation, you expect that it should be smooth. I <laughs> said, <Yeah. laughs> that's always a goal. Yeah, yeah. And you, I don't experience otherwise very often but certainly not with this one. And I could call up the prayers. I wrote them down, which ones I'm talking about, but it doesn't matter. Well, it might not matter. We may get around to doing that in segment number two. The interesting thing is that depending on who the mystic was that's being cited in the book, mostly depends on who says that they're a mystic. So there are some people who you will name and I'll agree, oh yeah, it's a mystic. And there are other people who have been called mystics who possibly weren't, but we don't know. And there's also the possibility that when mystics speak, they're really hard to understand because they're so tuned into the spiritual nature of things that when they try to explain it, a lot of us sit there scratching our heads going, you what? <laughs> so it is possible that the prayers that the mystics do when they're feeling it have been translated so that the people around them will be able to get it. If the language is, we're going to talk about supplicating ourselves to a God up there and ask for this big favor. And I, as the mystic, know that the God is within and it's not a favor and it's a claim. But the people around me, you know, are going to trade in their prayer blankets for pitchforks and come after me. <laughs> if I start talking about what I really believe, then, you know, there's a little bit of a dance to do. I get that. You know, I think that wherever you're serving people in this field, you're going to be faced with that every now and then. Mm -hmm. But when, you know what? Thanks for saying that, actually, because I was almost ready to think like, I don't like that. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not that I don't like you said it. Okay. I don't like the idea, you know, of. You don't want that to content. possibly be true. Exactly. Yeah. But then on the other hand, it just occurred to me that I wasn't reading the prayers of any one mystic where there would be some consistency there. But this was a collection of mystics and perhaps maybe one or two of them didn't belong there. I would have, because a couple of them I actually cringed and mm. thought, you know, this is like really confusing. And then I said, wait a minute, what's the chances anybody going to run into this anyway? You're the... <laughs> You would run into this. Yeah. So it just, oneness is important. 
And mm -hmm. that's what I kept thinking. Oneness is important. Unity may be even a gooder, <laughs> a gooder word, better yeah. word. Because when, you know, back on my thing where you have to locate God, listen, let's start with unity and then you can, we can go forward. Right. Other than that, there's going to be some conflicting theology in there that will not help you in your prayer life. Right. Well, you know, oneness means unity. It just has a different, and it's the same meaning and a different connotation, different feel. And the reason that the concept of unity or oneness is so important to the New Thought teaching and philosophy is because of locating God. Because when we're thinking about oneness, when we're thinking that there is only one power, presence, intelligence, life, love, whatever, and we are aspects of it, that gives us the anchor point where we can deepen into the awareness of our connection with the infinite and with everything. You know, you're sitting over there and I'm sitting over here and we seem so separate, but in fact, we are one presence shared in two ways. And everybody who is listening or watching this is an expression of that same one taking its own form. And like I keep on mentioning, the system is rigged to make us think that we're individual and separate. And perhaps there is some, some grand plan about why that's really important for the infinite to be able to do that. You know, I think it's possible that if the infinite is going to experience loving a cat and also being allergic to a cat, we have to be individualized and we have to not be aware of one and the other. Because my daughter who's allergic to cats does not cuddle with cats. No how, no way. And the individualization that we're having that seems so real is the part that we're fighting against or pushing against or trying to work around as we are turning our attention to this notion of oneness. So it's really important because when I tell somebody to turn your eyes to God and they do anything other than close them <laughs> because God is within, you know, they look up to the sky or think about the heavens or think about anything other than God is everywhere, everything, including within me. So if I'm going to turn my eyes to it, I, let me get rid of the distractions. And that's the first step that we get to do. And that's so hugely important because there's one power and presence and love. And whatever is going to be creating our next experience of life is that same power. So if we're here trying to maneuver stuff around on the physical plane, we'll have some degree of success. But what's happening is we are moving things around on the physical plane with the intention of having something different happen. And we're convincing ourselves in the same way that all the other ideas of separation come through our senses. We're convinced that it's because of the physical stuff that we're doing and we're not aware of our spiritual connection. It is starts off with that idea of oneness, that there's one creative power and we're using it and we allow the channel to open. And that's where all the power and all the potential that this teaching comes from. Yeah, and it's so contrary to popular belief <laughs> <laughs> that you have to work with it, you know, because as I was determined to read through the whole book of prayers, and after a little bit, I was ready to close it. And I thought, no, no, you're not going to close this. But instead of feeling the discomfort of the conflict, I said, okay, let me translate these prayers as I read them with a understanding of one, like replacing, I guess, dualism mm -hmm. or the, yep. you know, duality with the one. It was quite easy to do. Now, listen, 
you know I'm a stickler for everything. Well, right? Now it's easy <laughs> to do. Yeah. There was yeah. a time it was not that easy for you to do. But you stickler, yes. Continue. Yeah. So I'm a <laughs> stickler thinking, oh, can I do this? Somebody else wrote this prayer. I said, of course you can, right? It doesn't work the way it is. Beautiful. Some of them were quite lovely prayers. But for me to feel them in the idea of oneness that I really believe is absolutely the truth. Because the other thing is, here we go on this, get me back. (laughs) (laughs) So I do a lot of reading about Christ consciousness. You know, that's my thing. And so in order for that to make sense, which is oneness and unity in itself, it just gives you a focal point place to start. I thought, you got to change these prayers. I mean, I'm not going to change them and put them out there. But for me, I can't read them as is. So I take the lovely prayer and just kind of change it to the location so that God is located in the place that I understand and have faith that God works. That makes sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, there would be people, depending on the prayer, who would complain that you do that. Let's take a break. And during the break, I'm going to give you some homework because we're going to dish on some of the impractical prayers that you have found. You can read through one of them, and then we will discuss exactly what makes it not a practical prayer and where the oneness seeped out of it. And we'll take it from there. Sound all right? Okay, good. Is Reverend Bill letting you know that the Practical Prayer for Real Results class is now available on demand. That's right. You can take it at your own pace anytime you want. All of the information is at bethelight.com. That's b-the-light.com. You know where to find that stuff. The class is five lessons broken down into 18 modules, and you can take them at whatever pace is comfortable for you. As you work through the process, it starts out with the theory, goes into the practice. There are experiential activities and exercises. And at the end of the program, you will wind up with an understanding of how practical prayer works and a practical prayer for yourself that will work to create transformation in your life. And as you know, it works for everything. Take a look at the class online at bethelight.com. There's a sample lesson so you can see how the class is going to work for you and then dive in. The great news is it's on sale now. You can register and save $20 off of the regular price. I'm looking forward to seeing you in class. Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol, here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni, going to continue to talk about unity and prayer. And the mystics and the prayers of the mystics that you found to be loaded with dualism and not new thought thinking and making them be not just not practical prayers, but in some ways impractical prayers. Yeah, actually very impractical prayers and not workable You know, let me just give you the first line of one and tell you how often this either with these words or words of the same idea just kept showing up. And I think this is probably, let me just read it. Grant me grace, O Lord my God, that I may not falter in times of prosperity and adversity. Now, in the interest of time, that's good enough. The thing that rubbed me the wrong way each time was God grant me. And a lot of the prayers were God give me. Mm -hmm. 
I had real difficulty with that because if there's one mind and everything that is within that one mind is available to me. Now, I understand that intellectually I'm not expressing and putting my finger on everything <laughs> that's in that one mind at any given moment, but it's there. So I don't have to ask that you give me or grant me or make me have it or whatever. The prayer to me is show me or reveal to me what is not disallowing or getting in the way or prohibiting me from the flow of that which is already in me. Mm -hmm. So many of them were like that. Many, many, many of them. And I thought so often over my time prior to New Thought, it's like begging. And there's a myriad of things like in our subconscious that prevents those things from happening. But then we put other labels on them and blame God for not letting me have it. Or maybe I'm not good enough. I did something wrong, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you can just get carried away into that kind of thing and very distraught over that when that is absolutely the wrong place to begin. So that's what had me, like, not real happy this morning. Okay. Read the same passage again, because as we dissect it, I want to make sure that I've got the right words in my head. Okay. Grant me grace, O Lord my God that I may not falter in times of prosperity or adversity. Yeah, that's pretty much the grant me parts that... Okay, so oh, the, okay. And, and this is to help me along whatever my path of righteousness is, to have the good stuff and to have that happen whether I'm in prosperity or in scarcity. And can I just read you one line of another one? Give me, O Lord, I beseech you, courage to pray for light and to endure the light here where I am on this world of yours. Now, it's a beautiful prayer, but you're asking God to give you what you already have. Right. So can it work? Like you have to, you know what? How can it work when you're not looking for the right thing? So you may not see it. I think that's a gentle way of putting it. Yep. Yep. And to me, and I can only say what it is to me, the power and the value of practical prayer is that we have organized the steps into a way that lets one build upon the other. Mm -hmm. So when we're saying, I beseech thee, O Lord, what we're doing is saying, I turn away from anything that is not the divine and open myself to the divine creating this for me. It's horrible language for it because it's not what we're, it's not what we mean. You know, I beseech thee, O Lord. And if that means that the Lord has some choice as to whether or not to respond to our opening or intention, then they've missed the point. But there's a little nugget hidden in there that I want to be aware of that divine power and presence regardless of what the circumstances are around me. So they're getting at it. They're just getting at it in language that sounds hugely dualistic. And there's even a part in a practical prayer if we are praying for something and we have some doubt about it, we get a yeah, but <sighs> we go through the prayer and we start by identifying that infinite creative power. And then we identify that it created everything and it must have created me as well. And therefore I'm, I'm now going to make my claim on that infinite creative power that creates everything and say that it's now creating this life of prosperity for me. 
that I have plenty of money to spend and share and save. And the doubt says, yeah, <laughs> credit cards are maxed out, dude. <laughs> it's the 15th of the month and you're at the 25th of the money. <laughs> <laughs> so, and when those doubts come up that's when we want to turn away from our experience of prosperity or scarcity and return to the awareness that there is that one greater power and presence i beseech thee o lord allow me to see the truth all the time and beseech thee o lord is perfect language for separation so don't do that and we insist don't do that but there are certain crowds where if you don't start with beseech, I beseech the O Lord, they're not going to listen to the rest of it. Absolutely correct. So I'm saying if that's what you want to do, that's fine. I got no stock in the way you do this. It's up to you. But Reverend Ike really doesn't get the respect and honor that he deserves in his new thought teaching. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, there may have been a little bit of glamour and glitz there that gets get in the way of people. But if you read what he's saying, there's no room for begging. Mm-hmm. And it's not disrespectful. It's that we already have it. And now, and any one of us can say this, okay, if we already have it, why am I not getting it? Why do I not see it? And the question isn't, whether we have it or not, it's what's preventing it, what's keeping me from seeing it or releasing it. And I think that is so, so important to, you know, to ride on a little bit, drive that point home a little bit, because it makes us look at ourselves and see how we are holding back our own blessings, our own prosperity, whatever you want to call it. It's not somebody else. Now, that's a thing of mine, you know, self-reliance. Don't blame God or the person down the street or something that happened that you really made the choice to happen and say, that's why I can't do this. Start from right here and look at the little, you know, the bricks that are preventing you. And let's, you got to move them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The thing that we like to teach on is authority and accountability because we all have the authority to choose whatever experience of life that we desire. And we have the accountability that whatever life experience we're having now, it's based on the thoughts that we've had previously or the beliefs that we brought to it. And some of those, you know, we've had them since we were little, they were taught to us, they're left over from society, that there have been enough people thinking those thoughts and believing those beliefs, that that's just the way society and life works. And they're kind of baked in. And when we're not having the experience that we want to have, people hear accountability as blame. And what do you mean? The reason that I don't have this loving relationship that I want, the reason I don't have a good job, the reason I don't get along with my significant other, it's my fault. I'm to blame for that. What about them? Why they, or, you know, he can't blame them. Why doesn't God want me to have this? Mm -hmm. So it's really very comforting to be able to, take what we consider to be our problems and foist them off onto somebody else or something else. And in a teaching of oneness, there's no one to blame. <laughs> there is no space for blame. The accountability is, if this is the experience that I'm having, this is based on my entire body of thinking, my beliefs up until now. And if I want to change my experience, 
I just got to start with my belief. I got to believe something different. I got to change my thinking. And that's a little terrifying for some people. That's a whole, oh yeah, that's a whole new mindset. And just to say, okay, it's okay that if you try to think about it because it makes perfect sense. Why would God, this is where I started. Okay, God is good and what's good for me. Bible says all things work together. Good, on and on and on. So good, good, good. So if I'm not having good, I can't blame it on God, right? Because why wouldn't God want me to have it? Mm -hmm. Why would God prevent me from good? Not just good for me, but those around me, okay? And it comes back to, well, if it's not God, who is it? Mm -hmm. The only other person in the room is me. So let's see what's going on here, Carol. And that works for me because I've stomped my feet at God, busted God, you know. <laughs> I did all of that and felt unworthy and punished and, you know, whatever. I could think of a thousand different reasons why my world was not working properly or, you know, just nicely. But then at the end of the day, you say, well, wait a minute, that doesn't sound like God. That sounds like something that I trumped up mm -hmm. because I can't find it anywhere in the sacred text if that's what you want to use as an authority. And if you want to consult other sacred texts besides the Bible, I don't see it there either. So got to be you, mm -hmm. you know, and well, now let's work with this. And that is scary. But. It depends on how determined you are to get it, I call, get it right. I don't want to blame God because God isn't to be blamed. When I found out that Ernest Holmes says there's one mind and I have access to everything in it, you can't blame God. There's no way to do that. Right. It's me not getting it. And that's another very short statement that has the word one in it. That is why oneness is so key to everything that's in this teaching. And when we look at whatever it is that's going on that we're labeling as good or bad, generally, if we zoom out far enough, we find out that it's somehow is good. So currently we're dealing with global warming and sea level rise and who's to blame and what, you know, why would God let that happen, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I don't know. I don't know. Maybe if the divine wanted everybody in Miami to move to higher ground, that'd be the way to do it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it is such a bigger picture than I can deal with that. What we get to deal with is, are your feet wet? What are you being called to do? Because we have the authority to create the life experience that we want and the accountability. If I'm standing there and the water's coming in, it behooves me to move to have a different thought instead of the thought that I have to stay here and everything needs to be the way that it's been. Exactly. And I'm not trying to cast any shade on the people in Miami. <laughs> you guys didn't cause this. Probably. But, but <laughs> then we have to talk. No, that's, that's a whole nother thing. I'm sorry to say about Well, you don't live very far from the shore. So you're, you know, maybe there's no. a, a mountain cabin in your I'm, future sometime. Yes. I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting on it. Let's take another break. And when we come back, we will do a practical prayer. And this time it will be on awareness of the oneness. Learn to put practical prayer to work in your life. The steps are simple to learn and let you begin to get real results to create the life of your dreams immediately. 
Reverend Bill Marcioni's widely acclaimed book, Practical Prayer for Real Results, gives you a clear summary of the new thought principles behind practical prayer and the series of easy-to-understand steps found in the most effective prayers from religions and spiritual practices all over the world and throughout history. Practical prayer is not a replacement for your religion or practice. It's a technique to make the work you do in consciousness even more effective. The book includes 40 prayers on various topics that you can adapt as needed and use as your own. Practical Prayer for Real Results is available in paperback, Kindle, and audiobook on Amazon or at b-the-light.com. That's b-the-light.com. Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol, here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni. And we're going to do a prayer. Yeah. Oneness. We've been talking about oneness and mystics and prayers that don't sound like prayers. And the ones that start with, I beseech thee, O God, to take away this horrible malady that I've been dealing with, just don't really seem like where we want to be starting. But we'll dispense with that. And we've done enough criticism (laughs) of the mystics and their writings. This prayer is about awareness of the oneness. And we're not going to pray for oneness because that's all there is. There is oneness. And the world around us, though, seems like there's so much richness and diversity and difference. There's me in here and everything else out there. And there is not necessarily an awareness of the oneness, the big picture. So that's the prayer today, is to be able to turn away from the stuff in the world around us. Close your eyes if you're comfortable doing that, if it's safe to do so, so we can open to that infinite creative power that creates everything. There is only one. In the beginning, there was only the one, that divine presence, that God and darkness and void that said, let there be, and began sharing itself as its creation. Or I refer to the story of the Big Bang, The singularity, everything coming from this one inconceivably dense point of matter and energy and exploding and continuing from that explosion to recombine with itself, to get more complex and more sophisticated and more nuanced and to evolve and grow and change and express until everything that exists in this manifest universe is right here, continuing to interact, continuing to unfold, continuing to express. So regardless of what that story of creation is, that oneness is present everywhere. Everything is that divine power, that infinite intelligence, that limitless love, that energy taking shape in its own particular form and way. And that everything includes each of us. We are each individualizations of that one. The particles and the energy and the ideas and the history, the experience, the perspective that each of us has is unique to us. We are each unique individualizations of the one. And there is only the one. That one mind is the mind with which we think. That one power is the power which we yield. That one presence is present as and through us. And so as we turn away from the details and the specifics and the distractions of the world around us, we can become even more fully aware of our oneness, 
and our participation in the oneness. And from that place of awareness, we are able to open ourselves to the inspiration, to allow the divine mind to think through us, to share its wisdom and insight as us, to bring something new into our awareness that has never been there before. We invite that infinite presence to share itself in a way that is more healthy and comfortable and harmonious in our physical bodies. We allow and invite that infinite love to bring more of that experience of love and connection and harmony with our beloved, with our colleagues and co-workers, with our family and neighbors, to invite more love into our lives. We invite that infinitely abundant presence to bring a greater experience of prosperity into our lives in whatever way we understand prosperity. And as we open to that goodness, that infinite creative power that creates everything, creates that newness for us, through us, as us, with us. We turn away from any thoughts that are not like the good that we are seeking and open ourselves to the awareness of our oneness with that infinite presence and invite with absolute confidence and certainty this newness to come into our lives. And the answer is always yes. That infinite creative power that creates everything says yes. The infinite said, let there be light. And the response wasn't, well, maybe, or perhaps, or you have to wait. The answer is yes. The answer is always yes. So we each make our request, make our demand upon that infinite power in a way that the yes is going to create that which we are seeking and desire. I'm grateful for all of this goodness. I'm grateful for the wonderful way that it unfolds. And I'm grateful to be able to speak this word of intention, of invitation, of opening, and release it into that creative law, knowing it's already saying yes. And so I let it be. And so it is. Practical Prayer Podcast with Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence is a production of BeTheLight.com. Be-the-light.com. Where you can find more information about practical prayer for real results. Our theme is by Music of Wisdom. You can learn about the spiritual community of New Thought Philadelphia with daily guided meditations, weekly celebrations of spirit, and Reverend Bill's classes in practical spirituality at NewThoughtPhilly.org. This podcast is supported by listeners like you. We're grateful for your tax-deductible donation at newthoughtphilly.org or the link in the episode description.